there was a little boy that was, uh, uh, he was at the back of the church, and he noticed there was a plaque with flags on it and a bunch of names on it. And uh, he was just admiring this plaque with the flags and all the names in the plaque. And the pastor was walking by, and, and uh, the little boy said to the pastor, asked the pastor, he said, what are these names on the plaque? And the pastor took the teaching moment and said, Tommy, these, these are people who died in service. And the little Tommy opened his eyes real wide. He says, was it the 9 o'clock or the 1045? <clears throat> hopefully, hopefully it was neither. Not that service. Hey, it's great to see all of you this morning. Um, really enjoying this series uh, that we just started last week uh, that we're calling I Declare War. Last week, we learned about thinking like a wolf. And we talked about how we have this internal self-sabotage. Do we have that video ready to show, Wes? Okay, so um, last week I talked about a painting, if you were here, uh, by, by Banksy, that uh, it was the most popular painting in Great Britain in uh, 2014. And in 2015, it went on auction at Sotheby's. It sold for $1.4 million. And as soon as it sold, I'll show you what happened. I told you about it, but this week I think we have it on video. So let's show them what happened. million painting was going through a shredder that the artist put there intentionally. He's a shock artist. And so as soon as someone bought it for $1.4 million, it went through the shredder. And uh, I shared with you how we have these internal shredders inside of us, this sabotage uh, that tries to take the beauty that God put us in it and shred it. But if you'll remember how we ended the sermon last week, I talked about the fact uh, that the guy who bought it for $1.4 million kept it, and it's a good thing that he did, but because of this story and how it went viral and went all over the world, that painting is now worth more than $1.4 million. It's worth way more than that uh, as a result of the story. And I use that analogy to say, even though some of us have been through the shredder, God's gotten a hold of our lives, and now we have a story to tell. And so what you may have looked like as, as, you know, just all failure and all shredding, God takes even those shreds of our lives, those failures of our lives, and he does something wonderful. Aren't you thankful for that? That God, your story's more valuable now. Some of you, you know, you lament all the things that happened. But let me tell you something. God was writing a story, and you are very valuable now, this morning we're going to uh, we're going to move from think like a wolf to speak like a wolf. Speak like a wolf, um, and 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 wolves uh, are, are very very sophisticated in the way they speak. We we know of them howling, but they also make facial expressions uh, back and forth to one another that are communicating. There was actually a married couple that spent six years with a wolf pack studying that wolf pack and researching them and learned tons 
about wolves. And uh, I asked Jeremiah if he'd help me this morning. We haven't practiced this at all, but uh, come on, Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah is going to be our, our howler this morning, okay? So, uh, so Jeremiah, I just uh, just give me your best. He's from Wisconsin. Have you, have you heard wolves up there? Yeah. All right, so Jeremiah knows a wolf. All right, give, give us a wolf, Jeremiah. Good. Now you do it again, and I'll do it with you. Pretty good. Now, now what he and I just did there was in unison. I tried to imitate exactly what he was doing. However, wolves don't do that. I want you to howl again, and here's how wolves actually do it. It's like being pitchy on purpose. The wolves are intentionally dissonant. They do not sing in unison. Uh, you got any female wolves that want to try it? You want to try it, Jan? You want to try it? No, not really, huh? You're not feeling very extroverted today? Uh, no, anyway. Well, let's try it one more time. Let's just give him one more wolf. <laughs> Sounds horrible, doesn't it? That's intentionally. Give him a hand. Good job, Jeremiah. Wolves don't want to harmonize. What they want, when, when a wolf is dissonant, this, this couple that studied, studied them to note that when they do that, and they do it on purpose, they're pitchy on purpose. Maybe you, sat, maybe you sat next to someone during praise and worship like that this morning that were pitchy, maybe not on purpose, but they were dissonant. But the reason these wolves create dissonance is to make you think that there's more of them than there really are. It's pretty smart. It's pretty clever. So, so it, 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 first of all, it sounds bad, so it's a, a deterrent just because the awfulness of the sound. By the way, a wolf howl can be heard in, in the right weather up to 10 miles. And Jeremiah, I think you were pretty close. I think you were about 8.5 miles right there on that howl of yours. Very good. Um, so, so they do it so that they can be heard. Uh, from a long way away, we we communicate a lot with our face and, and expressions. I don't know what uh, what what you think of, of Joel Osteen. Um, I was at a conference recently, though, where Joel was interviewed. Uh, Joel gets some criticism because he's like he's like always positive and he's always smiling, and some people um, criticize him for that. I I, I don't. But anyway, uh, in his interview, it was very interesting. He was the cameraman for his dad for like 17 years before he ever preached his first sermon. His, his father died. I don't know if you know that story. But Joel Osteen's father, John Osteen, was a Southern Baptist, and he, he really came into a full understanding of the Holy Spirit and broke away and, and, and became an independent, spirit-filled church. And, and he was, John Osteen was very well known, and Joel was the cameraman for his dad, and and always his his goal was to make his dad look good, but Joel, because he was a cameraman, would study preachers. This is really good for me to hear, because what he would do is he would turn the sound down on a preacher when they were preaching, and even if they were preaching a positive message, sometimes they looked mad, or they looked mean. They look mean, and, 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 and so they're supposed to be sharing the good news about how Jesus came and saved you, and, and they're looking mad, and they're looking mean about it. And Joel, uh, Joel just became very insistent that, that our face needs to match what we're saying, that we can't 
preach the good news, that we can't share the goodness of God without that showing on our face. It's it's called appropriate affect. Um, you, you know, we've all heard, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to be here. You know, I'm really excited. You know what happens? You know what happens when you hear two messages like that? You saw a message with my body. I'm really happy to. I just I love preaching at nine o'clock in the morning. I just it's my. I wish we had sunrise service actually. Uh, what what happened? What happened there is my words didn't match what I was saying. What did you believe? Did you believe my words or my expression? You believed my expression, and that and that's and that's the truth. We believe one another's body language. We believe one another's facial expressions even more than the words that we communicate. It's really important not just what we say, but how we say it. Words are powerful. Words are very, very powerful. I had a, I had a, a teacher in, uh, in uh, uh, grade school for music. And I may not be the best singer in the world, but I've got confidence. So even when I'm wrong, I'm confidently wrong. But one of the reasons I have confidence is because I had a teacher that didn't just give me A. She gave me A plus, 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 plus. She just added pluses at the end. And I got to be, I can do that. I can sing. And she put a confidence in me about that. And she made a huge difference in my life by the words that she spoke over me. How many know that words are powerful? What we say, what we say is so powerful. We're going to learn today to speak like a wolf. Matthew chapter 15, verses 10 and 11 says, It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. What comes out of you is what damages you. It's not what comes into you, which is really good because I like carbs and I thought it was the carbs that were a problem. No, it's really what comes out. It's not just all what goes in and all the carb lovers said amen. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, Matthew 12 says, and I tell you this, you will give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. Um. What, what, if, what if we're in heaven one day and, and, and our Twitter account comes up? What would you say that for? Or the Instagram account comes up? What would you say that for? Uh, or our Facebook account? What would you say that for? We're going to someday, and it's not about getting to heaven. It's really about the rewards we receive, we receive in heaven. We're, we're going we're, we're to be dressed in heaven based on some of the things we, what, what we weave down here we're going to wear in heaven. The words that we weave down here have to do with what we're going to be wearing in heaven. And, 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 and he said every idle word, we're going to give an account for that. I love this, this statement about Samuel in, in Samuel 3.19. The Lord was with Samuel and let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. He didn't let any of his words be wasted. But what Samuel said, his words were powerful and he used his words wisely. You know, I think, so, I think some, of the, so, some of the solution to this whole word problem is just to speak less. In fact, there's a scripture that says, God is in heaven and we're on earth, so let our words be few. 
God's, God's in control of everything. And, and when we're at talk, 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 uh, and, and now we're, we're tweeting and we're Facebooking, we're doing all this kind of stuff all day long, and, and if we're not careful, there's a lot of idle words. If we could put the whole sermon in a sentence today as you're taking notes today, if Jesus is the Lord of your life, he needs to be the Lord of your lips too. If Jesus is the Lord of your life, the whole sermon in a sentence, if Jesus is the Lord of your life, he needs to be the Lord of your lips too. Because your words do some very important things. First of all, your words impact other people. Your words impact other people. I learned something about wolves this week, that when the wolves are getting ready to go on a hunt, they all come together and they start howling. And what they're doing is they are getting themselves ready for the hunt. Can we get those deer? Oh, oh, oh. You know, uh, you know, are we gonna are we gonna be successful tonight? Oh, you got what it takes. Oh, and they just start howling back and forth to one another. And what are they doing? They're encouraging one another. Before you know, you think about a a, a football team before they go on the field. What? Why are they huddling? They're huddling. They're going. Oh, they're 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 in there. We're gonna do this. They're gonna say, "Well, we're gonna run down the field, but it's probably not gonna work." Uh, you know, that's not what they're doing. We're gonna hand you the ball. You're gonna run right through that 400-pound guy, and you're going straight for the touchdown. Right? That's what they're doing. They're encouraging one another with their word. I thought about. I thought about. What if we thought about Sunday morning as our as our as our beginning of the week howl? That, that we come that we come to church on Sunday morning. Oh, 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 what kind of week are you going to have? Oh, yeah, it's going to be awesome, yeah. That's why you don't want to miss, you don't want to miss a Sunday, right? You can't miss the Sunday howl. I'm telling you, when the worship team was worshiping this morning, there was some howl inside of me. Oh, it was awesome. I thought worship was just awesome this morning. It was was just so encouraging. It's like, yeah, I can do this week. I can go into my week now. I've been been worshiping the Lord. I'm with God's people. Somebody told me I look great when I was shaking hands with them today. Oh, you know what I'm saying? What are we doing? We're, we're, we're We're in that howl before our week begins. Our words impact people. Ephesians 4.29, and the message says, watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps. Each word is a gift. Can I just, I'm going to sound like an old guy for a minute. What's the deal with the coolness of cussing these days? Here's what I'm saying. It's, It's like, even among Christians, it's just sort of become cool to cuss. And I'm not, I'm not up here just being a hard-nosed preacher this morning, but, but can I just tell you, I think, I think using foul language is lazy. Amen. I mean, like, get a thesaurus. Get some new words. Really. And, and let me just, I, actually, I heard a Christian guy announce that I'm going to start cussing so I can relate more to my non-Christian friends. I'm just going to intentionally start cussing. I'm like, Really? 
Uh, by the way, if, if both of you are exactly alike, one of you is irrelevant. Uh, it, and I'm not just, I'm not being a legalist this morning, but, but can I just tell you that what, what cursing and foul language does, it takes precious things and it trivializes them. Or it takes serious things and trivializes them. Ah, oh, hell. Ah, oh, hell. But what, 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 what do people do every time? Ah, oh, hell. What are they doing? They're ta- hell's a serious deal. We really believe that it, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. We're going one place. We're going to heaven, or we're going to... Yeah. Yeah. I want to say heaven, yes, and hell, no. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry. I won't use that second service. But anyway, I think we trivialize hell. Let me say that. I mean, I, I, in my, in my rideshare car, I can't believe how common the F word is. The F word's about taking something that is incredibly intimate, intended to be for a husband and wife, and making it a throwaway, just nasty word and taking something that was meant for that meant by God to be absolutely precious and beautiful and wonderful and it's trivialized what what if what if we not only asked him to be the Lord of our lives but asked him to be the Lord of our lips that that what defiles us is what comes out of our mouths uh uh James talks about you can't have hot water and cold water coming out the same spigot. You've got to be dedicated to one or the other. Just let my, I, I just want to be a God spigot. You know what I mean? I don't want to be a mixed spigot. I want out of my spigot to come good and not evil. Amen. That's good preaching anyway. Hallelujah. G-D-U, Really? Think about the seriousness of that. And yet it's thrown around and, and it trivializes probably the most, in, you know, the, the worst thing that could ever happen. Proverbs 18.21 says, words kill, words give life. They're either full of poison or fruit. And I love what it says, you choose. It's either full of poison or it's full of fruit, you choose. Are your words going to be used for poison? Are your words going to build up? Are, you gonna be, are your words going to create death? Are your words going to create life? I don't know about you, but I want my words to create life. I want wherever I go that I'm like, oh, breath of fresh air. Here comes Phil. Woo, yeah. That's what I want. I want, I want, that, I want to be life-giving that, 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 that from my mouth, because really from my mouth is from my heart, because the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks, right? I want it to be speaking Life, Colossians 4, 6, let every word you speak be drenched with grace and tempered with truth and clarity. Just let my words be drenched with grace. What's grace? Grace is unmerited favor. I'm not just being kind to people because they deserve it, but I'm being kind to people because God was kind to me when I didn't deserve for him to be kind to me. Amen? So, So it's about being gracious with our words. So your words impact other people, but secondly, your words impact the future. 
James put it this way, horses have bits and bridles in their mouth so that they control and guide their large bodies. And the same with mighty ships. Though they are massive and driven by fierce winds, yet they are steered by a tiny rudder and the direct, uh, at the direction of the person at the helm. And so the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it carries great power. Your, your mouth will create your future. morning i would just like to thank god for the new facilities that we're in here in life church i'm thankful for all the room that we have for growth i'm thankful for all of the the uh the the scores of kids who are over in our kids department this morning i'm thankful for uh, all of our uh, hundreds of volunteers who minister every sunday morning and some of you are looking at me like i'm crazy can i just tell you you got to speak it before you see it amen I'm thankful for all of you that were here when we were crunched up in a small building having two services on Sunday morning, but you faithfully came anyway and you worshiped the Lord. But now here we are, and look at what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. You create with your words. You kill with your words, or you create with your words. Amen. So I'm thankful for all that God has done, but I'm thankful for all that God is going to do. You got to say it before you see it. You got to speak these things. You speak the future. You know that why why, do, why does everyone love the I have a dream speech? I have a dream that one day my little black son is going to hold hands with white children. I have a dream. And, 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 and before that dream can ever come to pass, someone's got to say that dream. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I can, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. My best years are not behind me. Reese, they're still ahead of me. Amen. You think God's done good things already? You haven't seen anything yet, or as we say in the South, you ain't seen nothing yet. Mm. Hallelujah. Speak your future. You got to say it before you can see it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It will impact your future, but your words will also impact you. In a study of words, most of the words that we say during a day, our 5,000 words that we use during a day, are self-talk. And it's, we sometimes call it muttering. And you'll actually do it out loud. You'll be in your car, oh, great, look at the traffic today. I just can't wait to get to work. It's all that muttering that we do all day long. But your words will affect, your words are so powerful that your words are actually building you. What you say are either building you or destroying you. Psalm says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted in me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. We got to be careful how we talk to ourselves. You need to learn how to talk to yourself. Self, self, it's going to be a good day. 
You wake up and you say, good morning, Lord, or good Lord, it's morning. You got a choice, right? Good morning, Lord. I'll put Ellie on the spot. I love looking at Ellie's Facebook pictures because she's like out in the mountains hiking and it, it's, it's like Koi on Facebook, you know, because I know how Koi enjoys hiking in the mountains. So does Ellie. But Ellie, I saw a picture of Ellie the other day where she was jumping up in the air and her feet were not even on the ground and she's just filled with joy and that picture communicated so much joy and she goes life with joy, and so do so many of you here, but it's so important if we're going to do that, how we talk to ourselves, isn't it? The Bible says this about David. He encouraged himself in the Lord. I want to make a suggestion to you this morning. This is something I'm working on, I'm personally working on right now. You need to fire yourself as your personal critic. Just, why don't you just mutter to yourself right now, you're fired. You're fired, yeah. You're fired. I, I, you know, I'm my own worst critic. Oh, you don't have to tell me how bad it was. I've expanded it to the hundredth degree. You know, why did I say that in that sermon? Oh, my goodness. What, what's, oh, my goodness. You know, and you need to, okay, so now that you've fired yourself as your own worst critic, I want you to hire yourself as your coach could you fire yourself as your critic and hire yourself as a coach what's a coach do a coach says hey man the game's not over you've got this you've got this you can absolutely do this oh so what you fell down get back up again right get back why why is a coach different than a critic because a coach has skin in the game a coach is for you a coach is on the same team all right Can I just ask you, whose side are you on? Are you for you or against you? Because you can be your own worst enemy. And how you talk to yourself really matters. Really matters. Let me give you a tip of the day. Tip of the day. Here's here's two words that will help you out. Just add it to your vocabulary. A lot. It's going to help you a whole lot. Here's two words. Thank you. Thank you. There is an antidepressant drug called Welbutrin that raises the neurotransmitter dopamine, dopamine in your brain. So that when you take Welbutrin, it gives you a a feeling of well-being because it raised the dopamine level. There's another drug called Prozac that raises the serotonin level in your brain, which also makes you feel better if you're depressed. Guess what? Gratitude raises both dopamine and serotonin. Isn't that interesting? Studies show that if you'll write down five things that you're thankful for, you'll be 25% happier. If you just want an automatic 25% increase in your happiness, write down five things a day that you're just thankful for. The scripture says, in everything, give thanks. We ought to just be a thankful people. We ought to just be, th- you know, I, 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 was, I was giving a ride to a girl yesterday, and she said, would you mind stopping on the way to, to get coffee? I need to get coffee on my way to work. Do you mind stopping? 
And I said, absolutely. And so I stopped, and she went into Starbucks and got coffee. She said, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for stopping. I had a driver the other day that said, do you really need to stop? And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm getting paid. Ha, ha, ha. Why wouldn't I stop? I got to the end of her ride, dropped her off. Thank you for picking me up for work. I thought, don't you realize this is being charged to your credit card? You do understand that, right? Didn't matter that it was being charged to her credit card. She was thankful. She was just thankful for a ride to work in the morning. That helped her, but I got to tell you, that helped me. I was like, it's cool. I, I like what I do. It's, it's nice when people are thankful. I'll just, I'll just say, um, Reese, you just killed it this morning. You just killed it this morning on the keyboard. I, I'm just thankful for your talent. I'm thankful for all the years of study that you put in. I mean, Pete, I, I heard you doing some stuff on the guitar this morning. I don't think those were notes that were written. You were just playing, man. You were mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I'm thankful for that. John, it was so good to have you back this morning. We missed you the last couple of weeks. Don't ever do that again. No, no, I'm just kidding. But I'm just saying, and I know there's times when you've got to be going, but I'm just saying, you just add so much. And by the way, you're not just a great drummer. You're a great guy, and I love that about you. You have a joy about you. Tanner, you too. I just love the way that you worship. Jana, you're okay. No, Jana, you're amazing. (laughs) Jana, you were amazing this morning. You had so much, so much to the team. And and Jana, I, I love your voice, but you know what else I really love about you? I love the way you worship. I really do. By the way, Reese, that was so cool when you just... Quit playing the keys and went, mm-hmm. What was he saying? He was saying, ow! That's what he was saying. And he was trying to get us howling with him. Amen. I, I came across, I'm going to ask Tanner to come. We're going to do something hopefully a little special this morning. Um, I came across a scripture several years ago from Zephaniah chapter 3 that just really blessed me. It says, the Lord your God is with you. Now listen to this. I don't know how you think of God. Some people have this image of God that he's waiting for you to mess up and he just, you know, just standing over you sternly. But listen to this scripture. It says, he will take great delight in you. In his love, he'll no longer rebuke you. But he will rejoice over you with singing. The God, I, I found another scripture that says he dandles us on his knee. I found another scripture that says I carried you through your most difficult time on eagle's wings. And I'm going to sing a song for you this morning that I actually wrote based on this scripture that is to be received by you as God singing over you. Hear these words because it comes straight from the scripture of God singing over you. You may come back and sit by you, Tim. Let's see, which mic should I use here?
this one, the green one here, does that work? And I want you to hear this song this morning. Don't want you to sing it at all, at least the first time. I delight in you, I delight in you, I will quiet you with my love. I rejoice in you, I sing over you, hear this blessing from above. I delight in you, I delight in you, I delight in you, I delight in you. I will quiet you with my love. I rejoice in you. I sing over you. Hear this blessing from above. I delight in you. I delight in you. I see you when you're lonely. I hear you when you cry. My creation, the apple of my eye. I delight in you, I delight in you. I will quiet you with my love. I rejoice in you, I sing over you. Hear this blessing from above. I delight in you, I delight in you. I delight in you. I delight in you. Now hear this personally. I'm going to sing the verse again. I see you when you're lonely. I hear you when you cry. You're the crown of my creation. The apple of my eye. I delight in in you, I will quiet you with my love. I rejoice in you, I sing over you, hear this blessing from above. I delight in you, I delight in you, I delight in you, I delight. stay there Tanner we may do that again if you're here today and you just say today I just heard the word of the Lord and I want to dedicate my mouth not to be in a mixed faucet but I just want words of life and words of hope and words of love and words of encouragement to flow from my life and I want it to build others I want it to build my future and I want it to build myself. If that's a you in this place, would you raise your hand right now? Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Maybe you're here today, and today you just say, today, I just want to cross the line of faith, and I want to, 
I heard the words of God over my life and I need him in my life. And if you've never received Jesus as Savior, would you raise your hand in this place today? Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your word today. And thank you, Lord, that your word is just really steeped with this message of encouragement and hope and love and how much you care about us. And in a world, Lord, that's sometimes putting us down. And maybe we don't hear it at home or maybe we don't hear it on the job. But today we hear it from you and we heard it from our brothers and sisters at the church. And we just come, Lord God, and we say we dedicate our, our mouth and our Twitter account and our Facebook account and our Instagram and all the ways we communicate to be dedicated to good things, to life and to hope and to all that's good and not bad. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Let's stand. I delight in you. I delight in you. I sing it with me. Quiet you with my love. I rejoice in you. I sing over you. Hear this blessing from above. I delight in you. I delight in you. I delight in you. I delight. Worship team's going to come and they're going to sing a song really that has to do with our words. Your praise will ever be on my lips. And while we're singing this song, if you would like special prayer this morning, maybe you just want to bask in his love this morning, I want, I want us to get at Life Church where the altar is a comfortable place to come and where we can, where we can just receive from him. And, and, Ellie, how how many? How long are you going to still be with us? Till June, okay. So we don't have to say goodbye yet. She got a job in Wisconsin, and um, I keep I keep telling her on Facebook that she's made for Tennessee. But anyway, I think her parents probably think otherwise, and other people think. And she got a great job, and we're really proud of you. Amen. 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 But uh, so anyway, I just say all that to say before you leave, we want to pray over you. Um, so while we're, while we're uh, singing the song together, communion's going to be available. Also, if you'd like special prayer, just want to spend some time at the altar this morning, just basking in his love, I encourage you to do so.